Welcome back to the Success Road Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about the fact that success is not a destination. It is a journey that we are on, and we explore many different ways that that means. And today, we have an incredible guest. We have with us Tom Schwab. How are you doing today? Joshua, I am thrilled to be here. Well, I am definitely glad to be able to talk with you. I've heard about you for uh, a while, and um, I've been connected with your business, Interview Valet, um, kind of loosely on the receiving end of, uh, of getting some guests for some other podcasts, and so definitely excited to be able to talk to you today. Well, I, I love sharing my story, and I think everybody out there has a story to tell, and uh, you know, what, uh, what you know is amazing to other people and other people awe at your success and, and what you see as normal. So uh, I love this uh, medium of podcasts where we you know, get to talk and share things. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And w- one thing I definitely want to say is thank you for your service. And so you were uh, in the Navy, is that correct? I was. And uh, let me thank you for funding my education. Uh, because I got the, the rare opportunity to go to the United States Naval Academy. Uh, so uh, I got my four years uh, um, paid for through the, the taxpayer, and I'll always be grateful for that. And it took a, a Midwestern boy that had never been farther west than Iowa or farther east than Indiana uh, and got me around the world. And it was just a, a great opportunity and uh, really shaped uh, my worldview, um, shaped how how I live for the rest of my life. And uh, I always feel a little bit awkward when people thank me for my service because you know my first job out of college was running a nuclear power plant on an aircraft carrier Uh, you know my biggest uh during the cold war you know the biggest thing i had to worry about is is spilling hot coffee on myself and today we're in a different world and you know these people that are, are serving today my hats go off to them you know we had the greatest generation before before me and i think we've got another great generation after me so my my hat goes off to all the other service members I definitely would agree with that. That is absolutely true. Well, why don't you go ahead and kind of tell us some of the transitions that you made, um, starting with that nuclear power plant, and then uh, where did you go from there? Sure, and I, you know, I always say my life only makes sense looking in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, God's God's put the things together that it makes sense now, and I'm not sure where it's going in the future. But uh, I look at it, and I'm 50 now. Uh, but when I got out of the military, or got out of the service, um, I went, you know, and worked in nuclear power. And uh, at that point, you know, the idea was where where I grew up, and the mindset was find a stable job get that job, get the career and retire from that. Well, you know, what can be more stable than than the military, you know? You put in your 20 years and retire. But anybody that's old enough to remember, peace broke out like in 1991. You know, the Soviet Union fell apart and uh, the military started to to cut back. And at that time I looked at it and thought, "Boy, I've done everything the fun stuff that I've wanted to and there's really you know not as many opportunities you know looking forward and I think other people are seeing that right now I mean some of your listeners may have you know been in the military done everything right over this last you know five or ten years but the the world has changed they're downsizing and now people that they thought they had a, a secure career things have changed and so with that I, I 
took my skills and uh, went into the, the the private world and went into work with a Fortune 500 company. Uh, was an engineer and then realized that I love thinking like an engineer, but I don't like sitting down in a cubicle and and doing the all engine all the engineering work. I uh, I need to get out, meet people, do all of that. So. I went from engineering to operations and then to sales and marketing with a, a Fortune 500 company. And I loved that. I looked and said, this is you know a great way. Um, I started my own distributorship in Michigan and had the opportunity to do that. But you know, just about the time you think you're on this success road and you can see where it's going to last for the next 20 years, sort of like when I was in the military, well, something happened in 2008. And I had a distributorship in Michigan. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'll have this, you know, till I retire. And the the economy turned and the manufacturers looked and said, hmm, we should cut out the middleman, which always makes sense until you look in the mirror and you realize, hey, I look like the middleman. <laughs> so with that, they they were very gracious. They offered to buy back the distributorship. So we sent we sold back the distributorship. And at that time, you know, we looked and said, what's the next stage of of our life? Uh, my wife and I or our career. And we had a sideline business that, uh, uh, you know, we really looked at it and thought we're doing well here. At that time, we rented out um, crutch alternatives to people. And most of them were rentals, and about half of them came back with thank you notes. So we looked and said, okay, what opportunities does this give us with what we know, where we see the world going? Uh, you know, this was just at the the peak or the start of the recession. So we looked at that and said, I, we don't want to build another brick and mortar business, but what can we do with the tools that we have here? And using a, a concept called inbound marketing or permission-based marketing or content marketing, we were able to get our word out and go from being a regional player really to be the national leader in that space. And we built that business, uh, we sold it off, and uh, then we helped other people, you know, get their message out. Because really marketing, you know, uh, or sales, whatever you want to call it, is really at its heart just starting a conversation with somebody else that could be an ideal customer. You know, our grandparents did it. Uh, our grandchildren will do it. While the tools will be different, the strategy is the same. So we've helped people do that. And about two years ago, we really stumbled onto podcasts. And, you know, doing a podcast yourself can be tough. You know, Joshua, my hat off to you is that anybody that says that doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So we sort of looked at that, you know, Tim Ferriss, you know, four hour work week hack of how could we get the most benefit for the least amount of input. And so we looked at said, hey, could we get uh, our clients on podcasts that their ideal listeners are already listening to, get them to know, like, and trust them, share their story. And uh, we were just amazed by the, uh, the, by the engagement, by the traffic, by, by the people that came back after hearing our clients on podcasts. So over the last two years, like I said, I'm an engineer, so a geek at heart. We've optimized the system. We've tested everything. And now we've really got a system where uh, we can confidently tell our clients that, hey, you can grow your business this way. And we've got it such that we make it easy for them. You know, our, our thing is that, you know, we make it easy for the host to say yes to an interview valet guest. And then we also make it easy for our clients where all they've got to do is show up and be the guest and we take care of all the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely come back to more about interview valet toward the end. Uh, but I'm definitely interested in 
Um, and, and the idea here, you're obviously an entrepreneur, um, having gone and started several different things. But one thing I've always been interested in is kind of looking in the backstory of someone that that has that tendency. Is that something that you uh, had as you were growing up, or is that something that that entrepreneurial spirit that you maybe discovered as you got older? You know, I think I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, and people look back and say, "Well, you know, how do you go from you know being in the Navy?" calling yourself an entrepreneurial spirit or fortune 500 company. And I, I think it goes even back further than that, you know, uh, hustling to, um, uh, to mow lawns, hustling to, to caddy, you know, every, every bit of money I made, uh, or I had, I had to make. And I always loved that. But I think the struggle for me was always, I had this entrepreneurial spirit, but I had this, I don't know if you want to call it a fear or a, a need for security. And, you know, I, I love my parents. They grew up in a, a different generation, but I can remember having conversations with my dad of, you know, you need to, to, to be a man to take care of your family. Um, you know, uh, you need to have a secure job. And to him, a secure job meant, you know, working for one company and, and being loyal to that company no matter what. If they told you to move across country, you move across country. And when I saw that, I think I was always sort of struggling with that, that, you know, the right thing to do is to to be secure um, and, and to secure to that that one customer that you have called your employer. And what I found is that the world has changed, you know, that even great companies sometimes have to change. You know, I did nothing wrong in the military. They did nothing wrong by me. It's just things changed. And the, that industry changed. You know, I have no hard feelings against the Fortune 500 company that went from a distributorship model to a, a direct model. You know, that's the, that was the right thing for them to do. I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And one of the things that I really came to the realization with and later in life than a lot of people is that your security comes from your ability to add value. Now, that can either be to your... Um, to your one customer that's called your employer, or that could become from many customers. You know, you could be a freelancer and, and work for three or four people. That's a way to diversify it. You could become an entrepreneur and have, you know, hundreds or thousands of customers. And that's a way to, um, uh, to diversify it there. So I think to me, that was, that was always a struggle. And, you know, uh, in the military, we always joked around that you always, you know, prepare for the war that was last fought you know, not the one that's ahead of us. And I think as, as we go through life, I think, uh, we're guilty of that too. Um, you know, I see my kids now they're, they're being taught for what I saw in life, not what they're going to see in life. And so with that, I think that as you figure out what your road is, what your journey is, um, you've got to say, you know, I, I, I understand, what the past was, I can learn from that, uh, but it doesn't mean that the past is going to be the same thing we're going uh, through. And so you have to intentionally um, choose your way along that success road, uh, not just try, try to follow a road that somebody else did five years ago, 50 years ago, um, or it's in a book. Hmm. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of great stuff there. I love that. 
You know, I even I even use that example um, when people start, you know, going and and teaching different things, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, this is how I grew my business five years ago," and you can do the same thing. And I scratch my head and going, "That's interesting. That's true. What you're telling me, but that's almost like me telling you, Joshua. Yesterday, I went to the grocery store, and lane five was the fastest lane. You need to go to lane five. <laughs> Now that's true. I mean, I'm not I'm not lying to you, but you know, your market is different. You're not going to the same supermarket that I am, and that time is different too. So, things could have changed in that. So, I think you always look at that and go, oh, "Okay, you know, learn from that and say, why do you think it was? Um, you know, what did you see that made you think that so that you can take that information and apply it to your world." But the idea that you're just going to uh, to copy somebody else's success from what you see um, and your own journey, it's probably not going to work that way. Uh, you're going to have to find your own way on there, drawing on the principles that they've that they've shared. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I've I've thought the same thing many times. I hear the same uh, the same kind of messages a lot of times. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and as I do that, I hear all these different people that are giving these testimonies like you said that i did this you can do the same thing uh but there's also a lot of different things that are in their background that a lot of people don't take into consideration and so yeah that's very true and so one person i'm thinking of um in the podcasting world is john lee dumas and a lot of people look at him and what he's done being able to grow a I, I can't even remember how much he's making now. I think he's at least six figures a month now in in what he brings in. And people look at what he did and think that they could be able to do that in a short amount of time, but they don't realize all the work and the runway that he provided for himself before he got started to be able to make that happen in the first place. And, and the, the thing is, is that when we look at other people's success, a lot of times we just see what they what they want to let us see um and not nothing against them but you know when somebody writes a bi biography of someone it's just the highlights of it and the parts that make a good story uh you know what's the joke if if you want to be seen as an overnight success all you got to do is work like a dog for 7 years and then you'll be an overnight success mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of people see that and you know so i think it's you've got to learn the principles that they they do but just copying them the world doesn't need another copy. Um, you know, we could never copy, you know, of, of who you are and the things that you bring to it, but you can definitely draw on those principles. Um, you know, like for, for us, um, content marketing, you know, content is the thing that drives an online business, right? You can either, um, you can either gain traffic from, from respect or you can buy it. You can either earn it or buy it. Now, it used to be that content was blogs, and everybody talked about that. You know, that's how I built my business, uh, what, uh, going on eight years ago. But blogs are saturated now. Everybody's tried that. You know, every strategy has its, has its expiration date on that. So if you try doing it now, you won't see the same results that I saw eight years ago. And that's really why we pivoted into podcasts and podcast interviews specifically, just because it wasn't as saturated. People are listening to podcasts. You know, I think now they only say 20% of the U.S. population listens to podcasts, but it's that's growing faster than any other medium. 
And those people that do listen to an average of seven hours a week. So from that standpoint, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather be on a podcast with somebody that's actively engaged than, you know, I'd ask a lot of people, do you read blogs anymore? And they're like, eh, maybe I skim them. So why do I want to try start a conversation with something they're skimming when, you know, I can, I can have a great conversation with, with you, Joshua, and let people listen in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I used to be the same way. I used to follow, um, a handful of blogs, but just because of my time and, and things like that, I don't always have the opportunity to be able to just sit there and read. Whereas listening to podcasts is so much easier because you could be doing something else at the same time, yet still be able to glean the information uh, while you're while you're listening to it. But but admit it, Joshua, when you talk to a podcast host live like we're doing right now, does it sound weird? Because I'm so used to listening to you at one point five times speed. <laughs> That when I actually talk to you now, it's like, he sounds different. <laughs> that, that, that's so true. And actually, I listened at uh, two times. Uh, oh. And so and so there, there's several times I talk to somebody or I, I turn it down to one time speed. And it's like, wow, that is so <laughs> – it's, it's like, did they drink a little something? Or <laughs> it, It's definitely, uh, de- definitely a different feeling for sure. And so – And it's, it's such a great medium just from the standpoint of um, – I think it's uh, it's the, it's the only medium that you know you can listen to or consume where you don't need your hands, you don't need your eyes. So uh, you know, I, I do it while I'm um, uh, doing chores in the morning. I'll I'll listen to podcasts as I'm driving. I'll I'll listen as I'm running and things like that. And uh, uh, it's also very just raw. You know, it's like people mm-hmm. talking. I, I, it's not like a video where I've got a teleprompter and, you know, two or three takes. It's like, nope, uh, this is who I am. This is who you see. And I think people really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why, uh, one of the reasons why I got into podcasting myself too, um, because I started by blogging and I had been listening to the podcast and then it's like, huh, I could probably do that. I, I've got a little bit of know-how in, working with some a little bit of audio I, I i didn't know if i if i compared what i know now to then it, i didn't really know anything but uh but, but I, I knew enough to get started yeah <laughs> but you know somebody somebody pointed out to me early in life and it was so beneficial um they said if you knew everything you needed to know to get to where you want to be you'd already be there Right. Mm-hmm. So the only way that you can get to that final point is take that step and, and get there. And I would just say to all the listeners, you've got something that you can share. You know, you're the expert on something. And a lot of people go, well, I'm not the expert. I'm like, well, you're an expert. And, you know, some people look at experts like the, the academic. You know, you've got to have a, a Ph.D. behind your name. Well, that's one kind of expert. You know, the other experts, the veteran, you know, that person that's been doing it for 40 years and can tell you all the stories. Well, that's another type of expert. But then you've also got the person that's doing it. Um, you know, if you're doing your life learning as you go along, that's the type of expert. And I think people relate more to, you know, the veteran or the um, that person that's journeying with them uh, than they do uh, sometimes the, the Ph.D. You know, one of my favorite examples is uh, Nick Pavlidis from Confessions of a Terrible Husband. And, you know, Nick, Nick doesn't like to call himself an expert, but he's out there just sharing what he learns, um, bringing up the, the conversations with other people there. So uh, we all have have something to share. And if nothing else, we're the expert on our opinion and our lives. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that that just brought a thought to my mind, um, and and perhaps you have the the same thought, uh, and that is when it doesn't matter what level it is that of understanding or expertise that you may think you have. One thing I've noticed, at least for myself and um, and several other people, is that when you take what it is that you do know and teach that to somebody else, you end up improving yourself in the process. Very much so. And so that like everybody needs to to be a mentor and and have a mentor. And it can vary like at different places uh, in in your life. And I, I think of, um, you know, my son. Well, you know, do I have more experience? Do I have more wisdom uh, than he does, you know, at, at half my age? I don't know, maybe. But when he's talking to somebody that's a teenager and he's, you know, mid-20s right now, they'll listen to him. They won't listen to me but just because I'm an old guy in their eyes. So from that, you know, sometimes the expertise you have can be focused more uh, on a specific niche or uh, uh, one that you can serve. And he he often says that sometimes when he's he's giving advice or he's he's counseling people, you know, and things like that, he says he has to shake his head because he hears my words coming out of his mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that that can be scary sometimes as a parent, though. Uh, some of the things <laughs> your kid says. And so I've had some of those moments where it's like, where did you learn that? Wait a minute. I guess that came from me. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is good stuff. Um, Now, we talked um, a a good deal there about podcasting and the benefits of it. Um, And let's tie that into what it is, again, to what you're doing with Interview Valet. So what would be some of the benefits for someone that is listening and they're possibly thinking that maybe they should try to get onto some podcast to be able to get some uh, exposure, be able to grow their network and so forth. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, even if you don't work with us, it's a great way to meet people. Um, they say uh, Inc. Magazine did a, a study or an article last year that, uh, that called it uh, the new networking. You know, Joshua and I would have never met had it not been for this um, for this podcast. And now I guarantee you that our paths are probably going to cross someplace in the next year at a conference, something like that. You know, maybe I'll be in Oklahoma. Maybe he'll make the Mecca to Kalamazoo, Michigan. But we've got a base right there. So I'd encourage people to do that. And, you know, I've got I freely share all the information that I put out there. You know, if you listen to my podcast, um, go to the website. You know, uh, we've got things like uh, nine nine secrets or nine tips to get booked on your on your first podcast, and we share those freely. There's a, a 30 minute training, a video training that talks about how to use this strategy to grow your business. Um, so we share that all freely. But what we found is that as we were sharing this with people, they're like, I, I, I get it. I understand it. It's just, I'm too busy, uh, to do it myself. You know, they wanted somebody else to do everything, but being the guest. And as one of our clients told us, he said, Frank Sinatra only sang. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, I can get on the podcast. I can talk but I want you and your team to do everything else. So really we've set up that organization um, to do that. So, you know, typically our, our clients that we work with are uh, our business people, um, coaches, authors, um, business people that have something uh, to, to, to 
monetize. They have uh, a message that needs to get out, and they just need that access there. And for them, it's not worth their time to to spend a half day uh, preparing for a podcast, another half day trying to get on the podcast. Um, they would they would rather just us be the roadies for them and get everything set up so that they can make sure that each and every podcast they go on to has the maximum number of impact, maximum impact for them and the people that they want to talk to. So really it's more of a concierge level service there. But if somebody's interested in saying, Hey, would this work for my business? Um, just come out and, you know, check out the resources. Uh, in fact, Joshua, I'll, I'll put a page together. Uh, if you just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash success journey, and everything we talk about is here. And we've even got a, uh, it's a, it's a personal assessment and it's something that we've worked on ourselves over the last, uh, two years and thousands of, of podcast interviews to say what made, uh, some of them so successful and other ones not as successful. You know, what was the difference between a base hit and a home run? And we really were, figured that out that there's three things. There's your message, your market, and then your, your machine. And so there's a personal assessment there. You can answer all those questions and you can see how you rank on that and at least give you a, an outside view of, of whether or not this strategy could really allow you to grow your business. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. And I, I could definitely attest to being on the receiving end. Um, I I do uh I, I help manage the the podcast happen to your career, and uh, my, my audience is familiar with uh, Scott that that runs that, and in uh, in the process of working with him, uh, he passes on any potential guests, and in the process, I believe it was your wife, uh, Tom Karen, that uh, had reached out with some guest possibilities um, a few times, and so. You guys definitely make it really easy to be able to get the guests that fit our audience. And if someone isn't a fit, um, a reply is made right away and a conversation is started so that you guys can understand the podcast host uh, even better to be able to bring the perfect guest to them. Very much so. And that's what we're trying to do. We're not just trying to, uh, you know, connect two people and then go on from there. What we want to make sure is that it's it's the perfect connection and it brings the maximum value to to you and your audience. And it also brings the value to the guest. You know, the, the whole goal of of being on a podcast or one of our guests being on a podcast is for at the end of that for the audience to, to look at the podcast host and say, you are a genius for introducing us to this person, because that tells us that, you know, you know, we've brought the maximum value. And yes, Karen, we've got uh, uh, seven employees that work at Interview Valet, and Karen is one of them. And uh, uh, my wife drew the short straw as far as uh, booking me uh, for podcasts. She knows my schedule better than anybody. And so when a podcast host goes, um, uh, you know, I, I only record podcasts, you know, at eight o'clock at night when the kids go down. Can Tom do that? You know, well, my schedule pretty much stops at uh, uh, at at uh, 5 p.m. But uh, Karen, my wife, knows, oh, that's a good excuse. Yeah, he he can he can do it at eight o'clock. <laughs> uh, I bet she does. A, I bet she has a TV show to watch when you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm ha I'm happy. It gets me out of mowing the lawn. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm definitely glad you were able to uh, take the time to be with us today and to be able to share your experience and your wisdom from that experience, as well as what you're doing there with Interview Valet. So as we wrap things up, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, you know, Joshua, I, I love this opportunity uh, to be on here, and I've always believed that you know success is a, is a journey, and uh, I hope it's a long, long journey for me because I'm not looking forward to the end. You know, I want to have fun all along the way. Um, you know, people say, uh, "What if you died tomorrow?" I'm like, "But what if I lived?" I want to make sure that it's a great day with that too. So with that, I just want to leave all the listeners with one of my favorite quotes. It comes from um, Derek Sivers, who, uh, if you don't know Derek, he is the founder of CD Baby, which was the precursor to iTunes. And what he said is, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And I think that's so true. And that's why podcasts are so great. You think that, well, everybody knows what I do, but they don't. The smartest person in the world probably knows a fraction of a fraction of 1% of all the information out there. What you know, they probably don't. So I encourage you to share that information in whatever way you're comfortable. You know, it could be speaking to a large group. It could be on podcasts. Some people that don't want to speak, you know, in front of a group love podcasts just from the standpoint of, um, uh, even for introverts, it's easier. So, uh, what you have is important and share that with other people. All right. Well, thank you very much. And if you want to get the show notes, you can be able to go to joshuarivers.net. And you can also go to interviewvalet.com slash success journey as well to be able to get some of the things that Tom mentioned today. Thank you again, Tom. And we will talk to you later. Thank you, Joshua.